Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. I am Ryan Brooklyn. And I'm Alex Kahn. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about are you making your financial decisions by default or by decision? This topic, it was all around context. I was at a, at a conference this past week and the, the speaker on the stage brought up context and he was talking about everyone has their own context or ideas of how they're going through life and their context, some people's context is by default, meaning they really didn't do much research. They just heard something and they did it. Yeah. Or they have this belief that they've, you know, had ingrained in them for 10, 15, 20 years, because that was their original context. Right. Because mom and, and dad did it this way. Right. Right. Or, you know, their uncle did, or their math teacher told them to do this or whatever else. And they were at a point where they didn't have anything else. So they just accepted that as context. And now that is the baseline for how they think. So we're going to go through a couple of examples around that, around finances. But before we get into that, Alex, what are we drinking today? Today, we are drinking an IPA out of Portland. Uh, it, uh, it's from a brewery called Breakside. And uh, the beer is called Wanderlust. It's a 6.2% uh, IPA uh, with uh, 64 IBUs. What uh, What do you think of this, Ryan? Uh, this is a solid one. Um, it, it's really solid. I, I, I've never had this one. Like I, this could get dangerous. So I'm going to like calm <laughs> down and, and not drink as fast. Yeah, it's so it's got a, a blend of about uh, five hops. It uh, it and it's got a little bit of a tropical component to it. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely like Breakside. They're, they've got some really good beers. Um, but uh, yeah, this is, it's a delicious beer. We are biased, obviously, to the Pacific Northwest breweries. So <laughs> if that hasn't come through, uh, we're just calling it out. <laughs> yep, for <laughs> so. sure. Uh, we drink a lot of IPAs and a lot of hops up here in the Northwest. Yeah, so definitely check them out. So so, so let's get into this this conversation. So, you know, there are what, what we've had other episodes on around like myths of finances and it's not necessarily myth. I don't think it's more of just, I think there's a default response or action that people take when they are looking at their financial picture. Yeah. And, and like, it's, it, it's really interesting to, to think about like, okay, how much, how much do we actually think about a lot of these things and how much, like, what does it take to change our context? And the answer is it surprisingly, it usually takes quite a lot to change context because it's some something... of those things are so ingrained in us or ingrained in us without even us even really realizing like where it came from or, or why we hold some of these beliefs. And there's two ways to get out of that context. A, or not two ways, but yeah two reasons you would it's a you got to be open right if yeah. we're not open we're never going to see anyone else anyone else's context or b yet once you're open then you have to hear see experience something that you would have not otherwise experienced up until that point it was new information that made sense to you specifically in your personal situation and I'm going to highlight the word personal there, Alex, because I keep, it's called personal financial planning, not 
default financial planning. <laughs> or community financial planning. Community. Or... I like that one too. Right. And this, I don't mean to beat up on other people that are maybe doing like blanket advice, but the fact of the matter is, is it's personal, right? Someone that makes high income that's very variable might need a higher savings bucket than someone that has maybe steady income that's not variable. I think we can take out the word might. So, and that's what I'm getting at. And that's a very, very simple example. Yet we have blanket advice out there, right? Like a blanket advice. Like I heard it when I went out, I, when I got out of college, my, my father gave it to me. He goes, Hey, when you get a job, your first dollar needs to go in your 401k. And that's way better than spending it. Yeah. It's, it's saved. But at the same time, it's probably not the first place that you should have put money with your first dollar out of college. Right. Because his, his context was, oh, Ryan's going to need to retire. I've made mistakes in my financial life. So I'm going to make sure that Ryan saves his money in a retirement account so that he can live the life that he wants. Right. And it's, yeah. it's like, when you look at it from that perspective, that's like Ryan, I mean, our listeners are probably like, Ryan, that sounds like amazing advice. Your father is a genius. And dad, if you're listening to this, don't like get all too giddy and excited. And if the alternative was Ryan going and spending it on memorabilia or a trip or something else, a hundred percent, that is a way better, like way better thing. I've heard people give that same piece of advice, not because they're worried about what their retirement's going to look like, but because they're afraid that their kid is going to go out and spend money on a car or a trip or like blow it on something instead of saving it. And so the fact that the money is somewhat tied up and non-accessible is a good thing in their mind. Right. And again, could I put money in a savings account? Yeah, I could put money in savings. Account. Could I put up my money in a Roth IRA? Now, Roth IRAs in the early 2000s, I don't think were prevalently used, but they did exist. Alex is pointing at himself. Like I used them, you know, go figure <laughs> Alex said this, but the point of the matter is, is many Americans didn't know that they existed at that point, or if they did know it existed, they really didn't know. Okay. I'm going to stick with this traditional model because that's what I know. Right. Right. So this we're, go we're going around and around in circles here. That is a decision made by default. Right. Like when I put that first dollar in my 401k, I really didn't go research, huh? Should I put it in a savings account or somewhere else? Like just in case, I don't know, I needed an emergency, like emergency money. Should I put that money somewhere else? Because maybe I'm going to go start my own financial planning practice with some weirdo named Alex Collins. If you'd done that back when you first got graduated from college, then like we're, we're talking about not having a sixth sense, but like more like an eighth or a ninth. <laughs> right. But should I put my money into a Roth? Like probably as opposed to the traditional 401k, considering my income is a lot greater than it was in 2003. Yeah. And I mean, we're glossing over things like, what is there a match inside the 401k? Was there a Roth option inside the 401k? Like there, there's a whole bunch more rigor that needs to be put to this, but that's the point is that this we was need a to simplistic actually, example. Exactly. Yeah. No, like the, the, the point is there wasn't any, there wasn't any rigor. There wasn't any research. There wasn't necessarily a whole lot of thought behind 
where do I do this aside from, oh, somebody I trust told me to do this. I'm going to go do it. And did my father mean bad stuff? No. And, it, and in the end, it, it wasn't horrible advice. No. Right. But now let's look at context by decision. Like we've been talking about context by decision. If we started looking at, okay, where am I in life? What would I like? What would like the flexibility? Where's the personal planning come into this conversation? That is context by decision. Yeah. And like the, one of the reasons why, why we wind up spending as much time with our clients as we do is because context by decision takes time. It takes actually doing the research and understanding more than the base level concept and understanding kind of the, the why behind some of the things that we do. Because if we don't understand the why, then we're going to go back to whatever our default was in six months or a year or things of that nature. And like, that's, that's the component that's dangerous is when we go back to a default because it re-solidifies and we dig in that much harder, like intellectually, it's the, it's the thing that our minds do is go back to fight or flight, go back to the way that we used to think. And so we have a tendency of planting a flag and digging in when we're met with resistance. Yeah. And it's interesting. You brought up, it takes, right. It takes time and let's just face it, no one really wants to spend a bunch of time on their finances. Like I'd argue that I don't really want to spend a bunch of time talking about my finances, right? We've gotten it down to where it's actually very simple with my wife and I sitting down and and we discuss it and it's gotten a lot quicker and easier, but let's just face it, the initial planning stages. Yeah, it took time and you got to be committed to, to spending that time to figure out what in the world is valuable to you and what it is you want. Right. You got to get in that mindset, which is the hard part right? Mindset. Like if you can solve mindset with your money issues, guess what? You're going to be probably wealthy and very successful. Yeah, for sure. And that the mindset is, is the biggest challenge. And like, again, so much of it is just being open and coachable and like having the, having the mindset to question and then like do some rigor and research of like, okay, does this make sense? Yes, no, maybe. Like, and then building out a bigger context of how, how the financial world works based on all of the various different inputs. <clears throat> so now that we understand the context by default versus by decision, what are some st- steps that our listeners can take to actually start taking maybe some steps by decision rather than by default? So we're going to lay out three things. Like there's one of which that like a is self-serving, but B like we think is the most important component to this, but we'll, we'll get to that one last. The first thing that you can do is just start like researching the topic on your own. Yeah. There's this, I don't know, this magical site that a lot of people use. I'm not sure if you people have heard of it, Google, right? So there's plenty of information out there right or, now or any of the other dozen different search engines. Sure. Duck, duck, go. Right. Like I get it. And the thing that I think a lot of people get lost is there's so much information out there. Who's credible. How does that information pertain to me? Right. It's difficult to do that. So the secondary step inside of that is talk to a professional around that particular topic. You know, if it's estate planning or, or taxes, right. Talk to a CPA, 
Like talk to a professional about that. You could go a step further and maybe ask that professional for an introduction to maybe a different professional, right? Like maybe your CPA knows an advisor, financial advisor that you can speak to, right? Ask people, and I get number two to this is ask someone that you trust for their opinions or their network. Who do they yeah, work with? Exactly. And, and so much of this stuff is like, before we even go do any of this stuff, we have to like be open to the concept. I mean, that, that's really step one is being open to learning new information. Yeah, I guess you can't really go anywhere without being that open start part, right? <laughs> you, you and I kind of take that by default <laughs> of like, if you, if you, wanna, if you, if you want to, to learn new information, you got to be willing to accept new information. And then the last one that Alex alluded to, that's kind of self-serving uh, and I'll say self-serving in the aspect of maybe you can work, you should work with us or want to at least explore working with us, but work with a financial professional, right? Talk to an, a financial professional. How do you, how do you find that professional? Could be an introduction to someone that you know, from someone, you know, and trust could be your own research, right? It's important to make sure that you trust this person you, and you get along with this person, right? Like, sir. I'll be the first one to admit it. I'm pretty blunt. I'm sure I've don't have, I'm sure I've got clients that are like, yeah, Ryan, you're a little bit too blunt for me. I can't work with that. Right. And so, and what does this professional do? Well, the professional should be taking, we had a whole episode on this. So just go, go back and listen to the top five values of working with a financial professional. A good professional is going to go through those, those values and understand what it is that you want, what it is that you're building and work with you from that standpoint. Yeah. Find a professional that fits into the context that you're looking for. And like a lot of it is like, you want somebody who's going to challenge you a little bit and ask you good questions. And a really good advisor is going to get you to think differently about your situation. If the only thing that they're doing <clears throat> is confirming what you already know, they're not adding value. They're just confirming like you, you may not be open or they're not adding value. One of the two. So I think that takes us to the question of the day. And the reason I'm going to the question of the day is I was going to say, we're hoping the takeaway is, and I think it is almost said in our question of the day, Alex. So what's our question here? What areas of financial planning have you inadvertently done by default? We all have done it. Alex has done it even though he's an analytic, he's still done it. Oh, for sure. I've done it. We've all done it. How have you done that? Maybe it was ended up being the right decision to be fair. I'm not saying it's always wrong. Right. Just but because it's, we it's didn't... important to understand that, right? Yeah. Just because so. we didn't intentionally go do a ton of research, we may have still ended up buying the right car or whatever else. Yep. So head over to beerandmoney.net and there's a spot for you to answer that question of the day. There's also several links uh, for other resources and other topics that we've spoken about. So make sure you check that out. If this episode brought any value to you, share it with your friends, share it with your parents, right? If you got value out of it, my guess is other people might as well. As if always, we up, hope this if it brought up questions, find someone to have a conversation with and ask. We hope this episode was valuable. And as always, Mr. Collins. Cheers.
This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a financial representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon 97201, phone number 503 221-1226. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow AR Insurance License, number 1531912, CA Insurance License, number 0K24924, Alexander Collins AR Insurance License, number 7264699, CA Insurance License, number 0H24806, Pinpoint number 2022136557, expiration April 2024.